so we are focused on a survey of the Old Testament these days, and we're going through First and Second Samuel and First Chronicles. And we've made our way through First Samuel. We're now into Second Chronicles, and of course, we're referring to First Chronicles as we go along. Now, at this point in our study, David is king. We've already talked about that. He's established himself as king. He has been anointed as king by all of Israel. And we also see now that he has established Jerusalem as his capital, as his main city from which his palace is. And so now we're going to, especially in today's lesson and next week's lesson in 1 Samuel, excuse me, 2 Samuel 6 and 7, we're going to see that David turns his attention to the spiritual condition of the nation. And so today we're going to focus on 2 Samuel chapter 6 as well as 1 Chronicles chapter 13 and then 16, 15 through 16. Now, we're going to talk about David and the ark. Uh, I'm not talking about Noah and the ark. I'm talking about David and the ark, the ark of the covenant. Which, if you remember, the last time we saw the ark referred to was when Saul was in battle and he wanted to know what to do. He asked Ahiatub to go and bring the ark to consult but we also saw in 1 Samuel in the earlier chapters that it was captured by the Philistines and, of course, the time of the ark among the Philistines and its return back to Israel. So now this is, I mean, this is decades later, folks, when this happens. And uh, we're going to see really why David is doing it, his heart in this. Uh, because, as we know, we've seen his personal worship of the Lord throughout his story but now he's going to focus as king on his role as king to be a spiritual leader to the nation. Now, I need to remind you that we're not talking about David being a priest. We're talking about David being a leader to guide the nation, Israel, God's people, spiritually as well. Not in the role of a priest. That would be basically only reserved for those who are the sons of Aaron and those who are Levites, but he has a role as the king, and so therefore he can guide the nation spiritually. And so we're going to see that today in this section. And so we're going to divide uh, our passage here that we're going to look at through all of this. We're not going to read it, but we're going to look at five main things that come out of our uh, lesson today. And so the first one we're going to look at is that, uh, especially in verses 1 to 5 of chapter 6, David is seeking to bring the ark to him. Now, when you read the text, it'll say to bring the ark up. Now, what does that mean, bring the ark up? Well, you need to recognize that this is referred to here in this passage, as well as in other passages, as well as in the New Testament. You'll hear people say, we need to go up to Jerusalem. But there in the north. And you would say, well, they're actually going down to Jerusalem or southerly. That's not how they view things like we do. They view things in terms of typography, and that is Jerusalem is located on a mountain, so you have to go up to the city. 
So when he talks about bringing the ark up, he's talking about bringing the ark up into the city. So I want you to recognize that as we get into our lesson. So let's talk about David's attempt to bring the ark to himself, to the city. Okay, so first thing I want you to see is this. David consulted with the leaders of Israel to gather the Levites who were spread through Israel. So first thing you're going to notice is, is he gets with the commanders of the armies, basically the leaders of all the tribes, and he consults with them and says, look, we need to gather all of the Levites. Remember, the Levites were spread throughout all of the tribes. They had their Levitical cities, but they were spread through all the tribes to kind of guide them spiritually. Whether they did that or not, that's a topic of debate. We've seen that whole issue as far as that in the book of Judges, but he wants to gather them as far north as they are, all the way even down to as far south towards Egypt as they are, the text will tell you. He wants to gather all of the Levites to a gathering point. They would then bring the ark back since the na to the nation since no one has inquired of it since the days of Saul. So basically, what's going on here is David saying, the ark needs to be brought back to the nation. Now you're saying, well, it is in the nation. It's in Judah. It was located in Judah in somebody's home. It's not like it's gone anywhere. It's in Israel. Yeah, but it was out of the life of Israel. It wasn't in the tabernacle. It was in someone's home. Now, of course, wherever it was, was blessing that household and they were caring for it. But the point was, is it wasn't, it wasn't very much a part of the life of Israel. And especially during the reign of Saul. What do you mean by that? Well, you just said, George, that he wanted to bring the ark up to decide, if inquire of the Lord as to whether or not we should attack the Philistines or whatever. Yeah, but do you remember, though, Saul had all of the priests, that is the high priests, and all of the priests killed do you remember that? Those are the people who minister with the ark. They're the ones who minister before the Lord. And so there's not been anything done with the ark. It's not really a central part of the worship or the life of Israel at this point. David knows that. He's telling them that. So all of, he and all the leaders decide we need to bring the ark up. Well, to the capital city, which is Jerusalem, okay? To Jerusalem. So the leaders of Israel agree to do this since it seemed right to them. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. They basically say, oh yeah, sounds good, let's do that. Isn't that what we normally say? Somebody says, what do you want to do tonight? Well, let's go over here and you know what? Maybe we'll go over to the Ritz and watch a movie. Yeah, that, that sounds good to me. They were in agreement with each other, and they said, yep, let's do this, okay? So David gathered all Israel from north to south to bring the ark. So this isn't just, okay, let's just gather a few Levites, let's go do this, and he's making this into a national event. I can't think of a better word to say that. This is a national event because, remember now, what did the ark represent? It wasn't an idol. Okay, let's, let's just re remind ourselves. This is not an idol. 
This is actually a piece of furniture. But this piece of furniture was where the mercy seat was, where the presence of God would be over. So this is a significant piece, holy relic, just like all the other items were holy relics within the most holy place. This is something that represented the presence of God among his people. That's why it's significant to have the ark come back. Okay, That's why it's very significant. So all of Israel, from the north to the south, are to gather to bring the ark back. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Okay, Because so, the text tells you in the first attempt, you say the first attempt, you mean they had to try it two times? Well, yeah, yeah two times. We'll, you'll see why here in a moment. But in this first attempt, they carried the ark on a new cart, and two men drove the cart. So they put the ark on a new cart. We'll see a little bit later that it's pulled by oxen. Now, if you know anything about what we've studied so far, especially when we went through the Pentateuch, through the first five books of the Bible, the law, when it talked about carrying the ark, it was to be carried on poles by a certain number of Levites who would carry it on foot. Nowhere does it say anything about carrying the ark on a cart drawn by oxen. Like, where did they get that from? Well, the closest thing that I can think of is when you go back to 1 Samuel and you look... At the last time, we had a major passage concerning the ark, and it had to do with when the Philistines captured the ark. And of course, God's hand was heavy against the Philistines, and they had tumors, and they, were, they had basically a plague among them. And so remember, they set the ark on a brand new cart, and with a couple, with a cow, whatever, that had their young taken away, and and the cart then went into the Israeli territory, and that's how they saw the ark coming on this cart. You have to assume, possibly, we don't know for sure, that that's where they got the idea to put the ark on a cart, okay? So they're not following the law here, okay? They're not following the law. And then it says in the passage, so this is a real festive time. This is a time of excitement. This is like, wow! David and all Israel played music before God in a procession with the cart. So it's not just the oxen drawing the cart. It's David and all of Israel singing and dancing and making music. And there is excitement because the presence of God is coming among his people. It's coming to the capital city. It's coming to David. Well, then when you get to verse 6 of chapter 6, uh, we're going to see that there's really a few verses that are spent on a guy by the name of Uzzah. That's his name, Uzzah. All right, he's one of two men who are tending to the cart, make sure the oxen are carrying the ark properly. They're tending the cart. All right, so... Here's what happens. When you come to verse 6, it tells you something very interesting. He says, During the journey, the oxen pulling the cart stumbled 
And Uzzah touched the ark to steady it. Okay, so I want you to think about it for a moment. Probably there's the oxen, the cart, the ark is here. Okay? And probably the way it reads, it's almost like there's one guy on either side. They're driving the oxen along, so they're not like hoofing it. Okay? Of course, there's this procession going on. And they're there kind of tending to the ark. They're possibly very clearly Levites, because remember, he wanted the Levites to come. The reason for the Levites to come was to bring the ark to Jerusalem. So as they're going along, the oxen stumble. What's, what's another word for that? Somebody tripped. One of the animals tripped. And that created a problem, and that probably created an an unsteadiness with the cart, so much so that it appeared that the ark was going to fall off. And so Uzzah, being the attendant, naturally so, first reaction, you and I would do the same thing, reaches up to steady the ark and he touches it. You're thinking, well, yeah, he's doing his job, he's doing what he should do, you don't want that falling off and breaking and having problems, you know. Yep, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Ah, but the text tells us there was a problem. Well, it says that God's anger was immediately aroused and he killed Uzzah while he was near the ark of God. So you're probably wondering, like, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on here? They're doing something good. They're doing something awesome. They're, they're bringing the ark back to, to Jerusalem, and God's killing this Levite for steadying the ark on the cart? Are, are you kidding me, George? What in the world? Wow, I, I don't know. Is, is God cruel? What's going on here? Folks, God's not cruel. He's holy. And he's serious about his holiness. And he's serious about what he says concerning approaching him. And how things are to be done with regards to the things of the holy place where his presence is. Because remember, remember with me, remember if we go back to the, to the laws, when, when, I believe it's in Numbers, when, when they're in the wilderness, I mean, the sons of Aaron, the two sons of Aaron, are drunk and they offer strange fire, the text says, which is a, probably a, a, a different kind of incense than what they were supposed to offer. And God kills them immediately. Why? And remember, Aaron was not even allowed to mourn them. Why? Because they did wrong in God's presence and profaned the most holy things. Listen, Uzzah was doing the right thing, but Uzzah profaned the holy thing, and he was killed immediately. God's serious about his holiness. I, sometimes I think we need to, to grasp that point. See, here's the thing. These folks up to this point should know better. Maybe David doesn't know better, but the Levites should know better, right? Shouldn't they? Because they're the ones who should know the law and they should know how to carry the ark. Is that not true? 
and they're doing it wrong here and there are consequences in doing it wrong and now Uzzah is dead. He's dead. So David is witnessing this. I mean, think about it. He's dancing a jig. He's leaping. He's whirling. He's all excited. The ark's coming to Jerusalem. Boom, Uzzah's killed. What happens? First of all, it says that David became angry because, Uzzah, because of Uzzah being killed, which then turned to fear. So his first reaction is, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is messing things up, probably. That's probably how he's reacting. You and I do the same thing. We've got our plan. We're, we're doing our thing. And, and something wrong happens. And we're like, oh, I can't believe this is going on. I'm, I'm mad. Well, as soon as that happens, he also then, that anger quickly dissipates into fear. He fears God. Because he realizes what happens. And it's like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Holy cow, we're, this is God. And God just killed him. He's scared. You and I would be scared. Let, let's just be honest. You and I would be afraid. And, and all of a sudden things change. The pre I mean, talk about a Debbie Downer on the party. The party just like, that killed the spirit, that's for sure. And wow. So David questioned if the ark would ever come to him and it was taken to the house of Obed-Edom. So probably there they are. This is happening. So where do they take it? Closest house possible. Carefully. Because <laughs> somebody just got killed. Levites probably take it off the cart, bring it into the guy's house. David's wondering, will this ark ever come to me? Will it ever come to me? Will it ever, will the presence of God ever be with me? That's what he's thinking here. Now, the text goes on and tells us that the ark stayed there three months and God blessed Obed-Edom and his household. Stayed there three months. And while it's there for three months, Obed-Edom and his household are blessed. We're going to find out later that Obed-Edom, there's a reason why they chose his house. He's possibly very strongly a Levite. And we're going to, I'll show you why later, okay? I'll show you why I would assume that he is a Levite. But God obviously isn't that mad because they brought it in and God is blessing the household where the ark is being kept probably because they're being very cautious and honoring him, okay? Now, the text then goes on and describes David's second attempt. Now, why would he try it again? Because sometimes you were like, wow, I mean, I'm not doing that again. Somebody got killed. David's got a different attitude here. Why? Well, seeing that the Lord was blessing Obed-Edom, David decided to make another attempt. David concludes, okay, maybe we can do this. God is not totally angry here. He, he's blessing Obed-Edom and his household, 
And uh, so let, let's make another attempt. But I think they're going to do things different this time, don't you? I mean, wouldn't you do things different this time? I mean, I think you would be like, okay, how are we really supposed to carry this ark? I'm sure that they were looking at the law. So this time the ark was carried by the Levites as the law prescribed. So this time, you can, it doesn't say that they did it according to the rules. It does say that they carried it, and when they had gone six steps, they made sacrifices. Sounds like something that we read oftentimes in the wilderness journey and when they entered into Canaan with the ark. It was carried as it should be carried. So that's really working out really well here, isn't it? He's doing it right this time. The Levites are doing it right this time. And so David now is wearing a linen ephod. He's, he's not wearing his kingly robe. He's wearing a linen ephod. And David danced before the Lord as all Israel brought up the ark. So David is there. Now, mind you, he is in his mid-30s, probably close to 40 now, David is dancing up a storm. It says he's leaping and whirling in his excitement, in his worship of God before the ark as they journey up the hill, up the mountain towards Jerusalem. Now, as the ark came into the city, Michal... Remember Michal? She is the daughter of Saul, David's betrothed first wife. It says, as the ark came into the city, Michal saw David dancing before the Lord and despised him in her heart. She despised him. She looked with him as contempt as she's seeing the king of Israel dancing in a Basically an ephod, a piece of cloth, a holy out garment, but dancing in front of everybody like that. And she despised him in her heart. Now, there's probably other reasons the text doesn't tell you. You understand, remember, her dad took her from David when David was fleeing and gave her to another Man, and I, I'm assuming they must have had something of a wonderful relationship because when David asked for her back and Abner complied, her husband was really upset and followed weeping until Abner told him, get away. So I'm not sure that they're that close here, but she's still a wife of David. But she's seeing this. Now remember, she's a princess. She was the daughter of a king, so there's some propriety with her about what's proper and not proper and so she's seeing David and she's despising him the text goes on and says that the ark was placed into the tabernacle David erected and he made sacrifices to the Lord so when they bring it into the city David had erected a tent probably according to the specifications of the law so he made a tabernacle for the ark. The ark was brought in. David would make sacrifices there, multiple sacrifices in honor of the Lord, to the Lord during this time. 
David then, the text tells us, then blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he gave them a gift of food. Now, that's a lot of people, a lot of food, but he's the king. He's got a lot. And that was his gift to them, commemorating the ark being brought back to him being brought to Jerusalem. Well, remember I told you that uh, Michal is despising him in her heart? Well, of course, after everything is over with, um, he sees her. And the text goes on and tells you that Michal mocked David as a base fellow who uncovers himself before the maidens. She's basically really rebuking him for his exhibitionism. You're acting like somebody who is really drunk or, 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 or a wicked man who isn't really concerned about how he's appearing. You're the king, and you're doing this before the maidens running around and dancing like that. You, you don't have any. She's basically mocking him. Now, in, in some situations, we would probably say, well, yeah, she's probably right here. You don't be acting that way when you're the king. But she's despising him in her heart. Now, it's interesting to see what happens here. David told her that he was dancing before the Lord who chose him as king over her father. Ouch. <laughs> Basically, he's saying, I'm doing this before the God of Israel who made me king over your dad. That's got to hurt. Okay, so he, he's saying, I'm the one who's king here because God, whom I'm dancing before, has made me king. He then also goes on and says, he stated that he would be more undignified than this as the maidens held him in highest honor. Basically, he's saying he would be more undignified. What does he mean by that, George? He said he would be more undignified in his worship and his honor of God. And those maidens that you're all worried about, they hold me in highest honor. Highest honor. Wow, what a rebuke. Well, the text then tells us, the writer tells us that David separated from Michal, and she had no children till her death. Now, this isn't an issue of divorce. He basically didn't see her anymore. Basically put her in some part of the royal household and had no more contact with her. And she died childless, barren. Which, by the way, in that culture would be the ultimate insult. And that's kind of amazing, isn't it? Yep, kind of amazing. Well, we then go on because we've been, you know, if he, we've been basically focusing on Second Samuel chapter six, but let's let's focus over because a lot of the passages in First Chronicles thirteen and First Chronicles fifteen, even the first three verses of First Chronicles 16, are basically communicating the same things that we saw in first, 2 Samuel 6. But we come to 1 Chronicles 16, verses 4 through 44, and the writer, the chronicler, gives us a little bit more information about that day that I think is very significant and will be helpful in our survey here. Okay? Will be helpful. 
It says that when they brought the ark into the tabernacle, it says that David appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark. David appointed some of the Levites to have specific duties to minister before the ark. What, what kind of duties, George? Well, they were to commemorate, thank, and praise the God of Israel. They were to commemorate. What is that? They were to remember him, to lift him up. They were to thank. Notice now, thank and praise is something, two, two different things here in this passage. They were to give thanks to God, and then they were also to praise him. You know, sometimes thanks is a, is a form of praise, but it seems to be that the praise is the praise of who God is. Thankfulness has to do with what God has done. And so they were to do this. And the implication of the text is that they're to do this through music. Why? Because the next thing you see in the passage is that David appoints someone. It says that Asab, Asap was to lead the Levitical musicians. There's a fellow by the name of Asap. Now, some of you who've read your Bible a lot, the Old Testament, would probably recognize that name. Why, why do I know that name, George? Well, if you go to the book of Psalms, there are several Psalms in our scripture that were written by Asaph. Isn't that interesting? So this is a Levite. And he's basically the worship leader. He's the worship leader in the tabernacle during David's reign. Isn't that awesome? So it also tells us how we got one of our psalms. If you read a little bit further, in chapter 16, David gave them the psalm, a psalm of thanksgiving, which is Psalm 105, and you'll see Psalm 105 right there in your text again on that day. So when the ark was brought in, these folks were appointed. David, on that day, gave them their first song to play and sing. It was a song of thanksgiving, which we have not just in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, but in Psalm 105, which is a beautiful psalm of thanksgiving, and it was given on that day. The writer also then lists those David appointed to carry out worship at the tabernacle. So the writer then spends the rest of chapter 16 focused on the different people who had roles in the worship of the tabernacle and in the carrying out of the sacrifices. And this is where we are introduced again to Obed-Edom. And he has a role in the worship at the tabernacle, which, can I remind you, the only ones who could serve in the tabernacle were the sons of Aaron, the priests, and the Levites. So it's obvious that Obed-Edom was a Levite. And so that brings us to the end of chapter 16 and the end of our lesson. Now next week, I told you chapter 6 and chapter 7 is where David is focused on the spiritual condition of the nation. Well, next week we're going to see that David has a desire. David wants to build something. 
And it's not just another palace. It's not just another piece of whatever in the building in the city of David. He wants to build a house for God. And so we're going to see that story, that narrative, next week.